Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. Deliver us from evil. And we're going to start, if you've got your scripture card, those of you that are here with us, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And we're going to uh, pray the old King James again today together. All right. So I really enjoy hearing your voice coming back to me as we do this. So this is both a prayer and the public reading of Scripture. So we're in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 9. I'll say the first phrase and then everybody begin joining in at the Our Father. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to look especially at this section. And in the New Living Translation, it says it this way. And don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one or deliver us from evil where this whole series title came from. So I want to do some review from the first Sunday we talked about this, about evil. What are we talking about when we say deliver us from evil? A quote from Esau Macaulay, he said, historically, Christianity has taught that evil arises from three interlocking realities, often called the flesh, the devil, and the world. When Christians in many traditions are baptized, they explicitly renounce or reject all three sources of evil. So let's think about that a moment. Three components, individual, or the flesh, and I want to point out it's individual and universal. We all are human, and all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But individual evil is in the flesh. There is spiritual, meaning the devil and demonic powers, And then there is systemic, the world. So to have full deliverance from evil, we need to pay attention to these interlocking realities. So we each have to acknowledge our own own individual propensity to evil. We've got to remain alert 
let's don't forget that there is a spiritual enemy as well and that spiritual forces are out there that are against God and are evil. And then to remember that we live in a world that is not the kingdom of God. The world system is corrupt. It is evil and it is a system. There are ways in which evil thrives through systemic measures. And it's like we know this, and yet sometimes people want to buck against that knowledge and, and just say, oh, no, it's just the individual. But sometimes there are systems at play that need to be addressed as well. As followers of Jesus, we've got to uh, resist and renounce all three. So that's kind of the framework when we first started talking about evil and Lord deliver us from evil. So I came to this text for a solution that it turns out isn't here. I would like to have a week where something horrific doesn't happen. But that doesn't seem to be happening. And as I've studied and prayed through this request, deliver us from evil, hoping that it would provide a key to make the madness stop. Like, could we just turn a lever somewhere and then no more evil would be poured out? Or, or maybe if, if we could just get everybody this morning everywhere, you know, like, like a, a prayer net around the globe and everybody at the right time pray in the King James, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil that, that something like would happen and boom, there's no more evil. That's not what this text provides. Sorry. So what does it mean? What is it saying when we're asking him to deliver us from evil? Well, the phrase itself, scholars see it as a parallelism. And in scripture, that is a place where the same concept is said twice with, but the second one is just with it saying it in a little different way, building upon it a little more it, to reinforce it. So that you have in, in the King James, it, it's, um, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's saying kind of the same thing twice in the NLT, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Those are they, they're two parts of the same thing. So it's a parallelism in the way that that is being said. This, the, the way the NLT says, don't let us yield to temptation, is a bit cl clearer to the original. But that word temptation isn't the same as what we might think when we think about um, just being tempted to sin. 
It is, it's deeper than that. It is a testing. And this prayer is asking God that we would not be tested in a way that would lead us to fail. So if you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus found his disciples sleeping. When he came back from praying, he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. Doesn't that sound very similar to the first part of this prayer? And then he said to them, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So Jesus is teaching us to pray for God's strength and protection in these times of testing that we will not give in, but that we would stand strong. And then the part, deliver us from the evil one. So the, the uh, deliver us from evil is the way the King James says it, but many translations have that. Deliver us from the evil one. Who is it that's hoping that you do fail the test? The evil one. <laughs> he is the one that is out there wanting you to fall. He desires to see you stumble. He is the one that is not for us, but is against us. And Jesus is teaching us to pray, deliver us from that person. Who is it that wants to see you strong, to see you succeed, to see you free? Your Father in heaven. Jesus himself is the one that wants to see us overcome. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. We've seen some stealing and some killing and some destruction. And that is from the devil. The three components of evil, the, the devil is the one who wants that. Jesus said, my purpose, Jesus' purpose, is to give them, all of us, a rich and satisfying life. We are called to renounce evil, and there is an evil one. We renounce it in the flesh, in the devil, and in the world system, and we pray that God help us to overcome in each of these areas. Now, the Lord's Prayer, some scholars have, have seen it as almost fully eschatological, meaning it's, it's praying about a future reality, pointing to the coming day when God will set all things right. When the evil one will be completely subdued and unable to cause any more harm. When Jesus Christ rules supremely over the new heavens and the new earth and we will have no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow. That day is coming. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. It is coming. But I believe that Jesus gave us this prayer 
for the already and the not yet. <laughs> for the right now, every day following Jesus, step by step. And for the joyous anticipation of the glory that will be. It doesn't give us the key to destroy evil before God's time, when that day will finally come. But it does give us the pattern for how to live in anticipation for that day. As hard and as dismaying as this past week has been, in terms of evil stuff happening around the world, it has also brought some amazing joys, like Laura giving birth to little Nicola. And not everybody even realizes this, but the fact that she was um, conceived is a miracle. And so it's God is so good. Um, Craig and I celebrated our anniversary and had a wonderful time. Lots of good things happened this week. Years ago, I heard Rick Warren say that he used to think that life was a series of tests and victories, times of bad stuff going on, followed by a season of good stuff, like, so like a rhythm like this. Then he learned that this wasn't the right way to think about it. Instead, he began to see life like a train going down two parallel tracks, with one side the joys and the blessings, and the other side the trials and the tests and the disappointments. We experience both at the same time. For him, at that time, it, it, he had become a New York Times best-selling author with the book, The Purpose Driven Life. It was like literally the most popular book anywhere for a season. And then um, at the same time, his wife was diagnosed with cancer. So he was experiencing simultaneously the best and the worst moments of his life. I believe that God is with us in the good and in the bad. And I believe that his purpose for you and me is good. <laughs> A rich and satisfying life. Now, I wish that that meant only good stuff is going to happen to each and every one of us. But that would be a false gospel. And I won't be preaching that one. I mean, if you're defining good as things always go your way, nothing ever breaks down. No germs or virus ever affects you. No sickness, no aches, no pains, no injuries. If good means no problems, then that's a different story. I do not believe God ever promised that to us. 
In fact, a solid theology of the cross of Jesus Christ includes the suffering of Jesus' followers. As we each die to ourselves, take up our cross to follow him and participate with him in suffering. Yes, God's purpose for us is good. Jesus came to give us a rich and satisfying life. And that life will be lived with an intentional resistance to evil. A constant rhythm of confession and repentance as we renunciate evil and a surrendered heart that is steadfast in faith, even through suffering. We're going to end today with a, another worship sign time. And it's going to be a little bit upbeat, okay? So I just want you to be prepared for that. But I want to give you a little list of what I think good is from this prayer. And then we're going to have a moment. <laughs> if it's disappointing to you that Pastor Brenda was not able to tell you that if we just say deliver us from evil enough times in the right way, in the right place, with the right clothes on, somehow, then, uh, then we're going to get there and there'll be no more evil. If you're disappointed, I want you to have a moment with God and say, I'm not going to put the words in your mouth because maybe I shouldn't repeat them from here, okay? But say whatever it is you would say to him about that. And then we're going to end with believing in the goodness of God. Because actually, that is part of how we renounce the evil. So good is knowing that you are a beloved child of God. So you can pray, our Father in heaven. Good is having the agency and the capacity to invite God's will into your life renouncing the evil around you and in you, surrendering to his kingdom come. Good is receiving your daily bread with thanksgiving and with generosity. Good is knowing the cleansing of forgiveness. And good is experiencing the courage of offering forgiveness to others, empowered by the mercy and grace of God. Good is standing strong in the test and not giving in, not failing. And good is giving the devil a black eye as God rescues you from the evil one. Amen? Amen. So we're going to end with prayer just right now. I invite you at this moment, if you felt some discouragement. If you felt some confusion, how can all this bad stuff be going on? And I don't have the full answer to that one. And I hope you know that that's kind of been man's question from the beginning. But what we are given is the cross of Jesus Christ and the 
assurance of the goodness of God. And we choose to renounce evil. Do not absorb it, renounce it, and speak against it, and ask for deliverance from it in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Give your disappointments to God right now. Father, I pray that each of us would embrace your goodness that we would know that if we enter times of testing, that we aren't there alone. We know who goes before us. We know who comes behind. We know that your purpose is to give us a rich life, a good life, and that even in the suffering, we can stand strong. I pray for anyone that is... unable for their spirit to resonate with that right now that the the power of the disappointments the power of the discouragement the power of the confusion is strong i pray for them that they be able to hold those things before you lord in jesus name We affirm your goodness, oh God. And we look forward to that day when all things are made new. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcast and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.